New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? It's Jay Ellis from Nick of Time Show here to give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to bring you another off-season episode of the Cornhole Show with a brand new guest. But before we even get into the guest, let me introduce you guys to our old faces. First and foremost is my man from the YouTube channel of Chilling with his tan in Florida. I call him the raw metaphor. It is the raw. Remnant, what's going on? My oh, man, J.L.S.K.O.T. What's going on? Exactly. Yeah, he don't got the K.O.T. hat, though, but the K.O.T. is in his heart, so it don't really matter, right? <laughs> Next up, we got my man. The myth, the legend, the guy with the stack in the hat. Ryan T. is in the building. J.L.S. Raw. I'm ready. Let's do this. And if you haven't known this man by now, I don't know where you've been. My man, Corey Luba started no ceilings. Draft aficionado expert, slowly and steadily growing, growing. I still don't understand why his channel don't have a Both channels, no ceilings, and it ends in our personal are both really good. So, shout out to our guest here. Hey, what's happening? Yo, excited to be here. It's been a minute. It's been a while. It's yeah, been man. a while. Long time overdue. It's, it's crazy because the last time you was here, it was like one of our best episodes from that year. It was like, a, a tr- we was doing a live stream. Was it a live stream? <laughs> no, we was I, doing a show and the trade happened while we were while we were recording. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. It was a trade or a signing. I think it was. Nerland, maybe it was Nerland's Noel, maybe. Right. Some, Something happened. I think it was. Oh, I think it was Austin Rivers. I think he signed Austin Rivers out of nowhere in the middle of the show, and they had to do a breakdown of Austin Rivers. That was that was an interesting show, yo. But um, Corey is a really good guest. Um, uh, from New York City. Uh, the reason why I like to bring Corey on is Corey very knowledgeable about the the Knicks and the makeup of the team. So he always gives a good perspective. And um, it's funny because when I talk to Corey about prospects. I, I feel like I agree with Corey more than most people I talk to when it comes to, to prospects. I feel like we aligned like 98% of the time, pretty high percentage. So That's pretty uh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, not I, bad. Very rarely disagree. Like some people are like, yo, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I don't agree and I like your perspective. But I agree <laughs> with Corey most of the time. So it's going to be interesting to see what he says today. Um, but um, before I even get into to like um, what you think about the Knicks draft board. Cause we're gonna talk about Corey's Knicks draft board. We're also gonna get into some other people that people have mentioned. Cause I've seen somebody talk about what about uh Eason and some other guys. So we're gonna talk about them too. But first, I just want to get Corey's perspective on his draft philosophy this year for these New York Knicks and how you even go about picking your board. So uh the first thing I'll say, and, and I know like the popular narrative. Uh, is that the Knicks need a point guard. Knicks need a point, at least from the outside perspective. That's what everybody thinks the Knicks need. I know the Knicks nation as a whole has a lot of faith in Emmanuel quickly. Uh, But whether you believe that quickly is the future or not, this is not the draft to be drafting a point guard. You know, Mm -hmm. like there, there is 
no high level guy and it doesn't make sense to reach for a point guard just because it's a perceived uh, position of need. So mm. my thing is, and honestly, it's not even necessarily Nick specific. My draft philosophy is how do we make this team start trending in the direction that all of the franchises that are having success in the league are trending to. And that means big versatile wings that can play up and down a lineup, multiple positions, aren't going to get played off the floor, don't have to play 20 minutes because they can only play in one spot. Guys that offer some versatility. And there are guys like that on the Knicks roster, but I think you can always use more. And at No Ceilings earlier in the year, I actually wrote uh, a column called, What Would Masai Do? So, (laughs) you know, because he started the trend, man. Like, you, like, (laughs) Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, like, there's value in these guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, even, you know, looking at Derek white, who's like a big guard, Marcus smart. Like these guys are versatile. These are the players that are having success in the league nowadays. So uh, the Clippers, you know, when they go to their small ball lineup playing Rudy Gobert off the court, that's what I think every team needs to integrate more. So when I look at my draft philosophy this year, a lot of it hinges on the direction of the NBA at large. That's that's a really I, I can I can see it now the like the what would WWMD bracelets <laughs> <laughs> for the basketball faithful. I got trade trademark that definitely trademark that. I see people in the chat that. talking about hmm. <laughs> Get on that right Get now, that merch right, right right after this show. I, I I agree with you, and you know even for this Knicks team, um, there we have a couple of like two way players. But we don't have like a lot of multi-dimensional players, um, as you would say. We have guys who are centers, only centers, guys who are point guards. We're not, I mean, we have a couple of combo guards. Um, and we have Alec Burks is pretty, you know, he's pretty versatile. But um, is he going to be in a long-term plan? So I, I do agree with your assessment of how to approach the draft anyway. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that, Ryan or Raw. Um, I, I definitely agree with his assessment, you know. If you look at the NBA nowadays, you know, definitely wing play is definitely a major part of, you know, team success. You, you know, you look at the Celtics, their wings, Jalen Brown, you got Jason Tatum, you know, the Warriors, you know, they got Clay, they got Andrew Wiggins. So it's like wing play is definitely a major part of a team success. And if you can find, you know, a good wing at the 11th spot for the Knicks or, if you, if, or maybe if you have to move up for that specific wing that you want, you know, it makes sense. I, I mean, I still think, point guard is a need but at the same time you know like outside of Jaden Ivy it's like yeah there's not really there's not really that great point guard out there you know and then even Jaden Ivy is still you know question mark because he's a combo guard so it's like you know so I mean I agree you know if you can't get the point guard then the next best option would be to get that versatile wing yeah and I don't even a tie tie guy either personally but I mean yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I can see yeah, eyes, Rose's eyes rolled back. Me either. Me either. I saw. I watched uh, opening night at the Garden, Kentucky versus Duke, and Trevor Keels ate Ty Ty's lunch. Like it looked like Ty Ty never dribbled a basketball before. Like I, I literally went into halftime. I went and met up with somebody. I'm like, yo, can he dribble? Uh. <laughs> it was a struggle. It was a struggle. The gunshots on Ty Ty. Okay. Shots fired. Can't Ty Ty dribble? The next on Corey's breakdown. All right. So safe to say, 
Ty Ty is not on your big board, but we're gonna find out who it is. All right, so Corey, let's break it down. Who I don't know what order you want to go in. If you want to go top to bottom, bottom to top, I'm gonna let you let you uh, go. And before I even get to that, I already noticed some certain people on this board that um certain people on this panel disagree with. So I, I expect a little bit of fireworks, or you know, keep, keep it clean, fellas. Keep it keep it clean, fellas. All right. Let everybody talk and keep it clean. All right, let's go, Corey. <laughs> All right, let, let, let's go bottom to top then. Let's go bottom to top. Okay. <laughs> so, who uh, who should we? Who, who's who's my bottom? Who's my bottom on on the list? Um, uh, Corey, this is for the Knicks or is it for the whole? Are you doing the whole lottery or is he just doing? He, he's doing the Knicks. Who the Knicks should pick at eleven? Right. Um, All right. I'm, I remember you. I, I remember uh, from watching you. You had uh, Sohan as as one of your options. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Sohan is uh, a guy who, at the beginning of the year, I was kind of struggling to see it a little bit uh, because the shot's pretty funky. The three point shot's all right. Like when he's shooting off the catch, it looks okay. But like, you know, I, I like to watch guys shoot free throws um, mm-hmm. because you know that should be the easiest shot you get. <laughs> All, all game you know you could you got you could take your time there's nobody guarding you and it's funky it's funky looking but i think that the shot has looked better as the season went on and when you really start watching because he wasn't the guy initially the, the guy on that team was kendall brown that was the the guy everybody had as the lottery player he was in the top five early in the season and then sohan just kind of outplayed him throughout the year mm. and he he did it by standing out like Kendall Brown is versatile but my man just is cool with just chilling in the background maybe cutting off ball every now and then not going to shoot a shot that's contested but Sohan he's got a little bit of something to him and he's quiet the way he goes about it but like he's not afraid to bust out like a little turnaround jumper off the bounce every now and then a little okay. flash. He's not, you know, and he, he's not afraid to go set a screen and roll to the hoop and, you know, put it on somebody's head. He's not afraid to shoot those open shots that even though he shoots, you know, 33% or whatever, he's not afraid to shoot it. Like mm. he's, he's willing to, you know, make the defense come out to him and, 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 you know, guard him because, you know, think about like just watching the last game in the finals, like Derek white got in his head. And when he was getting those those swings that he has to shoot, whether yeah. it's make or miss, right? Max. He was hesitating. And then all of a sudden, instead of an in-rhythm shot, he's holding on to it. Now there's a defender a little closer. Now there's a hand in his face. And he's now he's putting it up, and it's late, and he's missing. Like, Sohan was, was a guy who was willing to let it fly. Um, and, and I don't think that's ever going to be the strongest part of his game. But I, I like that he's willing to do it and that he's so young. He's one of the youngest players in the draft. He has international experience. When you go back and watch some of the international stuff, you see a little bit more off the bounce uh, game that maybe he didn't get to show in college. College, you know, you're going to a situation, especially like Baylor, which is a good team, very guard heavy. He's not going to get to show his whole game there. He's got to fill a role, uh, which is something he's going to have to do at the NBA level as well. But, you know, NBA teams, you take him in the lottery, you're going to want to get everything out of him that you can. And then the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he's big enough that he could switch onto fives Mm. and he's agile enough that you watch that North Carolina game in the tournament and he brought them back defensively and he's on an Island with uh, shout out New York legend, RJ Davis, you know, uh, end of the game and he's sticking with him, forcing him into a tough shot. So 
I, I love his versatility on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I didn't even speak on the playmaking. So I, I just think that he's got a lot of potential as like a kid who's 18, 19 years old, so young, mm. so much. Like it's very Patrick Williams-esque. Um, okay. Where, you know, where it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if Sohan went like sixth or something. If a team just actually wow. fell in love with his potential, because the draft never goes the way you think the draft is going to go. There's always somebody that, that gets taken earlier than expected last year. Everybody was shocked. Scotty Barnes went to the Raptors at four. Then they were shocked that Giddy went, you know, six to the thunder every year. And he could be the guy. Cause I think he fits the, the direction of mm. the league, but he's a risk because that shot isn't there. So it's like if you're if you're taking him super early, if you are the team that's taking that bet way early in the draft, you're expecting that shot to improve. And you better have a Chip England on your staff. You know, you better have the Pelican shooting coach on your staff. But if you're taking him in the back half of the lottery, then it's easier to see him, you know, kind of even if he doesn't hit his ultimate peak, the expectations might not necessarily be as high. And he can just kind of be this guy who's versatile up and down a lineup on both sides of the floor. So uh, there's a lot to like, but it's not without risk. Got you, got you. So just to be clear, like this is a, this is considering if all, all other pieces are off the board. Um, you you kind of just betting on his versatility on a defensive end is going to be there, and you're hoping that on the offensive end he he develops it because it seems like he's not afraid. In those moments, he's just right now not polished at 18 or 19 years old. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. At least the shot. I think a lot of his the the other stuff he does offensively is polished, but the shot is pretty far, pretty far from it. But he's willing, and, and that's half the battle. Okay. All right. It's like Knicks, Knicks are in this predicament where I don't expect whoever we draft to really get minutes right away. Um, because of how our team is built right now. So, um, I don't know. He, he, he's a swing. He's a swing, not a short thing. But if other pieces are like there, I aren't there. I would, I wouldn't mind it only because I don't really expect him. What do you guys think about, uh, Sohan and what you heard so far? I've got Sohan third on my list for the Knicks, uh, behind Ivy and Matherin. I'm very high on him. To me, I, I agree with everything that um, that Corey was saying in terms of what you're looking for in the draft, but I tend to look more upside than right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about his shot at all. I, I'm, I'm, me, I'm looking at, in any player, I'm looking at what is the calling card that gets him in the league and what is the calling card that gets him on the floor. And with this kid, it's the defense. He's an elite mm-hmm. defender um, in terms of guarding one through five. He's a very good uh, playmaker for a guy that's six nine and and plays um, you know he can, he can play he plays the four but um, he he can really do a lot. I look at him and I see a combination of a Ben Simmons and a uh, Dennis Rodman in the future. And so I'm looking mm. at him and he's saying, Jeez. Yeah, he's, got, he's got the defensive chops to, to guard. And as Simmons, he can't shoot right now. But I expect him to be more confident than Simmons was coming in. Simmons' problem is confidence. I don't yeah. think Simmons have that problem. So I'm expecting him to get better. I'm not saying he's going to be Stephen Curry, but I'm expecting him to get better as a shooter. But he can get in the rotation this He's one of the few players to me in this draft that can get in the Tom Thibodeau rota- rotation in his rookie year because of his defense. Right. And, and so I, I really 
um, am high on him. And I see, especially if they trade, if they're going to trade Julius Randle, I'd love to see this kid, you know, back up Obi Toppin. And sometimes I can see him in a better fit in a small ball lineup with an Obi than Randle because I think he's more versatile defensively and will give you more effort defensively. And I think he's a better, he can be a better playmaker as well. So um, I, I liked him a lot. I'm really, I'm really high on Sohan. Yeah, those those your league guys, man. They're they're born to playmate. They kind of have that unselfish gene in them already. But I kind of like the fact that you know they they come with that soft tag. But I don't I don't I haven't really heard that with him, and it doesn't seem like he's afraid. So I, I'm kind of liking what I'm hearing so far uh, when it comes to that. I don't know if you have anything to that to add to that, Ryan, or we can move on to the next guy that I mean, Corey wants to talk about. I mean, Rob pretty much said it all right there. Um, for me. This is defense. Like, that's the main reason as to why I would be looking forward to drafting him. It was always his defense. I watched a few games of him, of him at Baylor, and to me, defensively, he definitely impressed me. You know, I was like, this is a guy that, you know, if Dibs drafts him, Dibs could definitely utilize him. The only worry about me is, like, what, you know, Corey said, basically, his offense. is It's really the shooting. That's the only thing that worries me about him because I'm like, I feel like the Knicks as a whole, like, Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we still need more shooting on the team so that's the only thing that's the only thing that worries me about him. he wouldn't be my first choice if he was available at 11 but if the Knicks draft him like it, I, it's, it's not like I would be banging my head on the, on the wall or anything like that I would you know I'd still I still like his defensive versatility so I'm cool with it yeah I mean we've done such a decent job drafting that um I mean I don't mind us taking a, like a little bit of a swing this time because mm-hmm. like I, there's no rush for me for this pick like there was other picks unless like un- unless there was like a out the park because everybody here we we're talking about it's kind of like you know middle of the road maybe it can happen maybe it can't it's not like a sh- no there's no real short things to me so far so um I-, I can deal with this pick um so um all right Corey. so next pick who do you have um going before sohan for the Knicks at 11. um uh we could talk about branham Sh- sure <laughs> so wait, so wait, you got Brandon? Wait, wait, do you have? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I gotta. You have Brandon before Sohan. I, I don't anymore. I don't anymore. I did. Um, okay, but I, I, I've moved Brandon, uh, down a little bit because I just, I just really dove deep, uh, into his game. I, I did uh, an episode, uh, strictly about Brandon on on the Draft Act podcast. So there are things that I do really like about his game and, and I, that I think make him a really good prospect, but there are things that I think people aren't necessarily talking about uh, when it comes to him because they like the offense so much. So I've moved him down a little bit, but there's still a lot to like. Okay. All right. Cause I, I'm just, I was watching the episode with Corey. He was flaming <laughs> him. So I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked that he's on this list right now, but go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let Corey rock. Go ahead. Cause you know, draft boards change day to day, week to week, depending yeah. on yeah. things happen. You re, you re look at footage. You go, well, you know what? Maybe I didn't see something. And also sometimes, you know, you know how I learn about draft prospects. Sometimes I learn, uh, I learn about draft prospects when people disagree. Like, I feel like hmm. I learned the most when people disagree because then it's like you see their best case for each side. And then I'm like, OK, I can see why this might not be the pick or what what I ignored before that can be overcome that downside that you spoke up. But let's, let's get into it, Corey. All right. So what I still like about Brandon for the Knicks, like, Ryan, you mentioned the Knicks need shooters. 
like this kid could shoot the rock, you know, and like at every level, he was massively efficient in, in, at Ohio State this year. Like he could shoot it off the catch. He could shoot it off the bounce. He's smooth. He's not a guy like Ivy who's relying on athleticism to get to his spots. He's patient. He's crafty. You know, he could do everything at his own pace. And I love guys like that. High field players who just know how to get to their spots, can rise up, and whether they got a hand in their face or not, they could still knock down tough shots. Those are the type of shots that you need somebody to hit at the end of games. Right. Um, you know, he's 6'5 with a 6'10 wingspan, so he's got length. And he reminds me of a shorter Chris Middleton offensively. Mm. Just smooth, like he's never going to blow you away. He's probably not going to end up on House of Highlights, but he's going to get his points because he knows how to get to his spots and he does it confidently. I love that he could play off the ball. Who knows what's going to happen with Julius, right? But you still are, I'm assuming that he's going to be on the roster. I'm assuming RJ is going to be on the roster. And I'm assuming that, you know, quickly is going to be a guy who handles more of the ball handling responsibility. And that doesn't even speak to like guys like Derek Rose. Right. So he can just as easily play off the ball. And I think early on, that's a good role for him because rookies, there's a learning curve. Most rookies suck when they come into the league, even the high end high lotto picks, they don't know what they're doing. They're adjusting to the speed of the game. NBA basketball is really hard. And when you move up a level, there's an adjustment period. So the fact that they're, the Knicks have guys that could alleviate some of that pressure and not put him in the role of a lead guard. I love that. And I love that he could thrive. I like that he can cut. I like that he could spot up. I like he could shoot it off movement a little bit. I, I just like his scoring package. And then when you do put the ball in his hands, he's not just a scorer. I think he's got pretty good feel as a playmaker, as a passer. He's not going to be hitting you with Trey Young, Luka Doncic, like come <laughs> off the screen, weak side, one right, right, dribble. Right. He's not doing that stuff necessarily, but he could hit like Mitch on the roll as a lob threat if, if Mitch is returning. You know, he could hit Obi as a lob threat. He could do a lot of the stuff that, that is uh, makes for efficient play offensively now where you were talking about i started flaming him a little bit and this is one of the reasons i actually like the fit uh although i think he 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 would struggle to get consistent playing time especially given the fact that you know i didn't talk about grimes who i absolutely love defensively i'm i'm concerned because i think he's one of the worst defenders uh at the guard spot in the lottery discussion for sure, really? but maybe, yeah, but maybe even in the top 20, top 25, I, I think that, you know, he's so, he showed such improvement offensively from like January on, had these big explosive games and just was so efficient and played so like uh, above his age so maturely that a lot of people have been ignoring the fact that he really cannot defend anybody Mm. you know and and it's weird sometimes for guys that you see have like such high feel on one side of the ball yeah and then you go to the other side of the ball and they look lost like the thing about him is like you know he very much does not have that dog in him on that side of the ball he is not Uh. getting up in your shirt he ain't getting in your chest like he's not crowding your space he's not Mm. making you uncomfortable he's not doing the things that like Tibbs wants you to do. He's not going to like, he's not, like he all. plays flat. Like yeah. Tibbs is going to be yelling ice, ice, ice. And he's going to be allowing this dude to get to the middle, you know, like, cause he doesn't shade you to his side. And when he does shade you to his side, it's because he's wide open. He's like opening the doors. He's, he's not cutting off your space so he can recover. He's just, his stance is so wide open that it's just a free lane to the hoop. And, uh, and then off ball, he's just like, 
he don't he doesn't know where to be but that's stuff that could be taught right like that's stuff that when you when you're young you might not understand and right. a guy like him at ohio state like he's not getting pulled for that because he's bringing so much offensively he's gonna get pulled for that you know if he's oh, late yeah. on rotations if tibbs was his coach he's gonna learn he's gonna realize like oh if i want to get on the floor i gotta go and defend because he should be able to he's 610 wingspan like he should be able to defend multiple positions he's mobile like he could slide his feet if he wants he just he's just not like that gritty guy that like you expect uh, on that end. Uh, but I think that he brings a ton of value offensively and I really like his fit. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, when you get to this part of the draft, I do think that a lot of the times guys are so comparable that you can sometimes go for fit more than best player or best talent available right. because it gets to a point where like, there might be a log jam and you might not never see that better talent because they're stuck behind somebody, right? Like there, right. there's variables that go into it, but I, I like his fit. I like that he has talent. I like that he has room to improve. I like that Tibbs is a coach who values defense so much. And even if, you know, if he's drafted, I think Knicks fans will be disappointed that maybe he isn't playing the amount of minutes that they expect for a lottery pick to play. But I think in the long run, it makes you better uh, guys like him who need it. So yeah. I, I do, I do like Branham as a fit with the Knicks. And, and I think he's, you know, a guy who definitely could, could grow with RJ and IQ and Obi and, and that crew. You know what? I've heard about AJ Griffin, right. And, and his defense being bad. He looked, I mean, you talk about his defense. I looked at his defense and I'm just like, he makes me scared. Like if, if he fell to us and we picked him, I'd be Really excited that we have a, like a knockdown shooter, but I'm just like he looks like a turnstile to me. You you just said that Malachi <laughs> has a worst has oh, might yeah. be the worst wing defense wing in the draft. Does he compare to Griffin to me? Like to me, Griffin Look, looks I, like he's worse. If you want me to talk bad about AJ, you came to the wrong person. He, he's he's like top three on my board. So, oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just, the, AJ's my guy. Like, like my bad. The, All right. that's, that's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> like AJ missed two years uh, of high school ball. You know, COVID year and injury, um, went and trained with his dad down in Tampa um, and then got hurt coming into the year, like with Duke. And he was back for the beginning of the season. But uh, he came into a weird spot where, like, everybody had their roles established. So that's why he was like a knockdown shooter playing off ball. But like for him defensively, he missed a lot of developmental time and like a lot of defense is getting reps. And mm -hmm. like, cause there's only so much you can learn watching film, right? Like you still have to be able to react out on the court when things are happening, like, at, you know, at game speed. And when you miss that much time from high school and then, you know, you hurt yourself in training camp and you got to ca play catch up adjusting from like not playing high level ball for years to going straight into the ACC. You probably not, you're only going to show flashes probably as a defender. Like you're, you're going to be raw. You know what I mean? Like, so to me, AJ, there's a situation where I still see him as being a guy who could be a positive defender down the line because that dude is a brick wall. Right. He's long as hell. And, you know, I, I think he was coming back from a knee injury this year. And I think he's coachable. He's, he's willing to learn. He's willing to put effort. I've seen flashes. I saw flashes of him okay. staying in front of quick shifty guards and just, gobbling him up just you can't go anywhere i saw flashes of him switching on to big men 
holding his position in the post, forcing them into like tough 12 foot hook shots. I saw, you know, him reacting quickly and getting all the way across the court. It's not an effort thing with him. Okay. It's a, he has to learn. It's not him. Just, he doesn't want to play. I can take that. He has to learn how to play. And there's a difference. Like there are times where Branham just doesn't seem like it's a part of a game that he's interested in playing. Like he's been mm. off ball. He'll do that little, you know, when you're playing pickup and you've been playing for two, two hours, right. And you know, you're supposed to dig to the free throw line to help out. And you're just, you just do that little reach. Yeah, the, like yeah. it's a little fake yeah, reach. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, I, I tried. <laughs> that is, he, he does that a little bit too often for me. So like, that's the type of stuff that to me separates, like why I think AJ has potential as a defender versus Branham, where I think, He's got to have a change in mentality. AJ's just got to learn how to play. All right. I, I, I can take that because I see that with Obi even. Like, Obi doesn't have the technique, but he's going to try his ass off and get these, you know, recovery blocks and, and do whatever he can, technique bad or whatever, but he's going to get the effort. So I, I can I can, I can can deal with that. Um, Hey, uh, Roy, anything to add to that? Ryan as well? Um, Look, man, let me just be honest with you. If you can't play defense, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> the, reason, the reason I say that is because y'all gotta be real. You coming to the Knicks plant having to learn how to play defense, you ain't gonna play for like two years under tips. You gotta wait. Yeah. I mean, let's be real, that's gonna happen. So Obi got on the floor because he's learned to play defense in his end of his first year. And he and this is what Coach Tibbs always said: he has to affect winning. Okay, so you're affecting winning with Thibodeau first on the defensive end. And so unless you're Julius Randle, you can do whatever you want. Or if you're Emmanuel Quickly, you can do whatever you want. But other than those two guys, he, you have to come with some defense. So I am looking, yes. And I agree with, again, I agree with Corey. Um, and, and, and in terms of, okay, A.J. Griffin has the template, the body, the, 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 the raw ability to become a really good defender. You know, he does. He's 6'6", 220. He can muscle guys. He's really going to – he's got all of those tools. But if you're talking about the New York Knicks and Tom Thibodeau, yes, he has tools. I'm going to tell you right now, he would spend half this season in the G League. That's what's going to happen, okay? If you're talking about uh, Branham, I mean, I like his game. He's got a really nice game offensively. But he would never see the court under Thibodeau. He would just be banished to the G League until he learned how to play defense. That's that's just how this guy goes. So there's none of this, you know, oh, yes, we can work with him. No, no. <laughs> Thibodeau's going to say to the bench, to the G League, come back to me when you can play defense. He's very, very hard on his rookies. He's very, yeah. very hard. So you got to take that into account when we're looking at these guys. He's not going to just let you come in the court and say, okay, I'll work with you when you do. You got so much up. No. If you don't play no defense, you're not playing. Yeah, I mean, I personally don't even mind it considering our roster right now. Like, I, I, I like give Grimes and and uh, and Cam some burn while while they develop and then come in next year and then see what we have. I, I don't even mind yeah. that to, to be honest. Yeah, with you. that's Which is why I don't even I don't even yeah. press it like that. Like I would normally would. Like when we drafted Kevin Knox, you, you, Ryan, you was with me. Yeah. And they had the the mo- and he saw all the motor issues. Me and him were we we we, we flamed them. You flame. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was I was questioning um, Perry and and Fisdale at that point because they were so hyped on him, and I was and I was watching. I was like, I don't see it here, but I, see it here. I was taking it by faith, saying, okay, they'll give him a chance to develop. But I just didn't see it, especially with both the Bridges boys on the board at that time. Yeah, I so, was a Miles guy. I was. Yeah. A- <laughs> I cannot believe that they did that. But um, as far as you know, these kids we're looking at here. 
this, you know, you got to come again with Griffith. What is it that gets him to the league? What is it that stands out? Says he come, he's an NBA player or he's going to be. To me, he's 6'6", 220, and he's only 19, 18 years old. To me, you're starting out with a body like that. And he had the athletic ability before the injuries. And, I, and I'm going to assume he's going to get him back. So, and then, of course, he's a tremendous shooter when he has an open shot. So those things will get him to the league. But as far as getting him on the court, he, I don't see him playing, you know, his first year uh, with Thibodeau. He might be another team, but not with the New York Knicks. So you got, um, you know, Obi, not Obi Toppin, you got Quentin Grimes. I mean, Quentin Grimes was a tremendous defender at Houston. Right. He was a tremendous defender at Houston and he could hit the, the, the open jump shot. So for him to do it in New York. I'm not surprised that he's doing that because you kind of knew he was coming in like that. Right. And I expect them to trade Evan Fournier and let uh, Q play that two position full time. And you're going to really see something. But if anybody wants time, they got to get play some defense. If they want to get on the floor at all, you got to play some defense in New York. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and like yeah. I said, I don't mind it being if it's an effort thing, that's one thing. But he seems like he, Corey's telling me that um it's not an effort thing. It's a it's a you know, a mentality, like a, a learning thing. So I'll take that. Ryan, you have something to say? Yeah. Um, as for Branham, like, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty much with Ron that, like, he wasn't even on my board because when I watched, like, clips of him and, and I saw, like, the defense and and just, you know, his mentality on defense, I already know that if he came to the Knicks, Clyde would be saying Matador D at least 20 times a game. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is not going to do that. I was like a no-go right there. But, um... But with AJ Griffin, like that's why I was kind of hiring him because like it's it's not even just a shooting ability. Like I know people getting him for his defense, but I watched a few Duke games this season, and like Corey said, he he showed flashes. Like at times he looked like he looked like a capable defender. To so to me, okay. I'm like it's just somebody. It's just that he needs a coach to bring it out of him on a consistent basis for him to defend like that all the time. And so I'm like, I, to me, like, I think that's fixable. So it's, so, I mean, the fact that he can shoot, like, shoot the lights out and on top of that, you know, his defense is just something he needs to work on. You know, he gets the right coaching. He can defend. So to me, that's why I always had AJ Griffin high on my board like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Actually. Okay. This is why I like these conversations. Now I'm high, I'm a little bit higher in my brain on AJ Griffin than I was last week. That's why I like having these conversations. I'm all right. All right. All right. All right, thank you, Corey. And shout out, shout out to the Boston Nick gunshots for you, Boston Nick. Um, I'm gonna save the questions for later, but um, but uh, so stay tuned, Boston Nick. We want to get through his big board first, and then we're gonna we're gonna head back and we're gonna answer your question about uh Ryan Collins and, and Kai Soto. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> but Jason M sends a two dollar super chat as well. So shout out to Jason, uh, one of our regulars. It says a two dollar super chat. Says draft AJ. You can't pass up talent because of tips. He's like, that's him hey, saying he believes Tibbs is going to be going anyway, so you might as well just get some talent. And, no, let me let me say with AJ and Tibbs, Tibbs has had Adrian Griffin Sr. on his staff for many years. <laughs> oh, connection right there. Wait a minute. Wait a it, minute. I, I promise you, Tibbs knows AJ's game very, very well. I promise you. They... I bet I, I I bet they you know he's known him since he was a little kid coming to practices in Chicago probably Minnesota mm. all that I I they work together they have a very very close relationship 
Okay, so nepotism might help us out right now with AJ Griffin. All right, <laughs> you know CAA, a little CAA, nepotism, you know exactly. the whole thing, the full mean, circle. Might as well, Jaden AJ, AJ, AJ. Exactly. I, I, I just said that wrong. Jaden CAA too. Okay. We all know Colin Berman. He's the apple of our eye. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't mind that either. All right, let's let's keep it moving. Who's next right. on your on your board? So. And Rob mentioned it earlier, like, can you help the team win, right? Like, that is something I've been trying to work out. I've been trying to figure out how to write about, like, is winning a skill? Because Mm. there are certain guys that they just win a lot. You know what I mean? Like, they bring, whether it's winning intangibles, like, they're just guys that you see who just contribute. Maybe they, they bounce from team to team, but they're always on winning teams. Ochai Agbaji, he might not be the sexiest pick for the New York Knicks. He's a little older, right? But this dude is a winner. He's a winner. He's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, with a long wingspan, can jump out of the damn gym, can knock down threes off movement, off the catch, developing on the ball game. And I've personally seen him light the garden on fire uh, against Michigan State to open the college season. And it the, the conversation around him, like he's being underrated. Like I, you know, I, I monitor at no ceilings. I monitor the draft stock of players from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. And his draft stock went down somehow on mainstream boards after he won a national championship with Kansas. So he's being undervalued. This is mm. a guy who's won like 120 college games throughout his career. He he represents all of the things you want out of your modern NBA wing. He's the guy that fits alongside your your building block and R.J. Barrett. And I, I just love what he brings. I think he has that winning intangible, that winning skill set that he reminds me of Mikael Bridges. Like in that draft, Mikael Bridges was my guy. And, and I was disappointed um, as a, you know, for the Bulls, like they drafted Wendell uh, Carter over him. The Knicks took Kevin Knox. And it's like, it's so obvious that Mikael Bridges is going to be a great NBA player. To me, that's Ochai Agbaji. He might not have the, the quote unquote superstar upside as some of these other guys behind him, but I bet you he's going to be playing in the league longer than most of them. So to me, he's a guy that I think would get minutes his rookie year, not a ton. Cause again, he's a rookie. And he's got to earn them. He's got to learn the game too. But he's a guy that could fit next to all of the wings. He could. He's. He represents what I mentioned earlier, and guys that could play up and down. I just. I'm a, a massive Ochai Agbaji fan. Okay, this is somebody I really don't know much about under the radar for me. Um, looking at him, what 18 points a game, five rebounds, 1.6 assists, 40 percent from three. I figure when you say you can play against uh, next to anybody, I'm like, oh, he can shoot three. That's to me, that's 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 cool. He can play <laughs> next to anybody. Oh, he can shoot. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet when he comes into the game, you see a, a little like horn set action that that Tibbs used to run for Jimmy Butler to get him alley oops, like the same off ball. Like this dude is a lob threat as, as a wing. Like he's got some legit bounce oh. uh, off the ball. Yeah. So why is he projected to be, cause what is his draft stock saying right now? Like he's projected to be like in his twenties or something like that. Uh, no, he's like a borderline lottery guy. He got invited to the green room. So, you know, they, there's a chance he goes in the lottery, uh, got but you. he's, he's being slept on cause he's a senior. Uh it's just straight up because he's a little older and you know it, it's the same conversation like last year davion mitchell and, and granted davion went top 10 last year so it's not like the nba right, was sleeping right. on him but the dialogue and the discourse 
uh, on like draft Twitter, or, you know, the, the, the draft interwebs was that like, well, why would you take Davion Mitchell when you could take Jaden Springer? Jaden Springer's younger. Right. And it's like, all right, but Jaden Springer is not that good at basketball yet. Like, right. So you like, still got to wait. Guys, don't you want guys who could, who are good at basketball and Davion led the team to a national title and not by himself. That was a really good Baylor team. But like, these are guys that consistently get undervalued. Cam Johnson, everybody, you know, went after the, the Suns when they drafted him too early. Uh, you know, Mikhail Bridges went way too late. These guys, they just get undervalued because they're not sexy picks. But sometimes there's beauty and simplicity of their games. And, and I think that Ochai is one of these guys. Okay, all right. Defensively, what are we looking at? So you're saying he's long, he's athletic, so I'm guessing. Is, is he defends. So he yeah, def- he defends, man. He, he could defend multiple positions. He moves his feet. He's strong as hell. Like, he's he's long. He, he could switch out on the perimeter to, you know, he could probably guard some small ball fours. Um, I, I think he's going to be a really – he's going to be a plus defender. Like, look, you don't – you very rarely get a guy who's the main guy on a team, right, who is winning it. NCAA title who's not going to be at least pretty good defensively so right you know I, he's not like a generational defender but he is a guy who does defend that's all we need and and shot creation upside is he strictly raw is he strictly role player three and three and d type of person who can take it to the hole and shoot threes or does he have any shot creation iso ability any of those things i mean i think that that's ways away if he develops it i, I would probably say he's not going to be a guy who develops into that type of player. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's shown such growth in his game throughout his college career that you also don't want to cap what, what that means for a player guys who get better right. every year. You know, it's not like he stagnated as a college player. He got better every year. And uh, you know, the, the growth that he showed in that lead role this year, I think was, was pretty impressive. So I don't think that he's a guy that you're going to rely on one day to get you 25, but he is a guy that I think, you know, could average 18, 19 points a game playing off, you know, a number one option down the line. And that's solid. That's, that's one of those solid picks where if you look years down the line and say, okay, this year we picked Obi, this year we picked Grimes, this year we pick quickly. And then you look around now, now you're looking at our depth and we have, Four or five or six guys who can all play defense, all shoot threes. Um, and that's one of those picks where it's, it's, it's going to look good for us in the long term, especially if you decide, you know what, we need to make a move. And if we do make a move in the future for somebody, um, we have somebody else we can plug right in who's not going to be that far off. So um, I, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that happening. I see, I see Tankathon has him at 17 as well. Anything to add to that, guys? What do you think about that pick? I love O'Brien Akbaji. I love that guy, man. Um, the defense, this, of course, he won me with that. I mean, I didn't even really look at his offense until later, but the defense, the way he can play perimeter defense and the way he loses his length, his lateral movement, his way he moves his hip, and then he can hit an open jump shot. I mean, he's really good hitting an open three. So I love this kid. Um, I got him about fifth on my deck for the Knicks, um, okay. but um, – and so I would not be unhappy if we drafted him at all. Um, I can see him. He's another guy. Again, I'm assuming an Evan Fournier trade. I'm seeing Grimes as a starter. And I would love to have a guy like Obaji coming in behind him, mm-hmm. you know, on that on that mob deep squad. Because um, I think, and not only that, what I like about him, he's a four-year player. And 
He's one of those guys that you root for because you see how hard you could just tell he put the work in and is play, and is playing out on the court. And I know that un Tibbs will love a guy like that because he's going to come in. Mm -hmm. He's not going to complain. He's going to put his head down. He's going to work really hard. And I believe that he's talented enough to get in the rotation um, and get some minutes as a rookie because, you know, he's, he's also being 22. I'm expecting a certain level of maturity. Um, so, you know, some off court stuff won't bother him as much. So I, I'm really high on him. I, I love Okayak Baji. I really, like I said, I got him, I got him fifth on my overall board for the Knicks, but, um, if we drafted him, I wouldn't, I would not, it would be a successful night to me if we got, if we got him. Sounded great to me, yeah. man. I like, I like this. This is like one of those, um, you know, safe, safe, safe kind of floor bets, uh, play defense, two way player. I'm uh, sign me up, yeah. sign me up. I'm with it. Yeah, he's not an off the dribble guy that much right now, but I, I don't want to limit and say he'll never be. Right. But he, but he can really play perimeter defense. He will. You will not see guys from the G League on somebody's NBA team getting through the middle of the court with that guy on the floor. Not going to happen. Yeah. So and we I, need I'm that. Very, yeah, I'm we need long wings to defend. Um, like the other guy's best player, and you know what? It could be Grimes too. Cause, but but he has the physical. It seems like this guy has more of the physical tools to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, Ryan. Um, I want to say something. No, no, I was just saying that um I, I like this game too. Like I feel I saw a few of his games at Kansas and he really stood out to me on that Kansas team. The only reason I wasn't really looking at him like that was because I, was, I knew the Knicks were picking eleven and I knew that more likely he was going to be picked later than eleven, you know, and there were picks, you know, around, you know, where the Knicks are drafting where, you know, these players would probably be would probably have a bit more upside than him. So I never really looked towards him. But yeah, if, like if the Knicks were drafting later in the draft. He would definitely would be one of the first guys I would look that I would be looking towards because he can shoot the rock, you know, he can defend, you know, good physical body and all that. So, you know, I definitely do like um Ochai's game. It's just that where the Knicks are drafting, that's why that's why I never really looked at him because I know that he's projected to be drafted later. Okay, all right. I, I all good points, all good points. Shout out to Robert Paris who sends a 499 super chat. Gun shouts out for you. He says, if Tibbs is coach, draft someone who will make rotation defense is a must unless it's Ivy. Yeah, I mean, like, this, our culture is, is in such that we, we've we been only drafting defensive guys for the most part, um, with the exception of maybe Obi. So, um, during going this late during the draft, if you decide to stay at 11, I don't expect really uh, anything less. So, I, I feel like. Just going by that reputation, we're gonna we're gonna draft a defensive guy. I just I just feel that unless yeah. we trade up for Ivy, have some miracle. If that happens, then Lord, where's the parade? All right, <laughs> <laughs> depending on who we give up. But um, <laughs> all right, who do you have next on your board, Corey? All right, well, I, I guess it, it all depends how much time we we got <laughs> to, okay. to talk about these guys, right? Because like, I I would say Jalen Williams from Santa Clara is a guy that I, I'm like just through the moon for like this dude is one of my favorite guys to watch. Um, he's a little under the radar cause he played at Santa Clara. You know, his games were on when us on the East coast, like we're asleep by the time he's playing, mm -hmm. but this is a kid. He's so damn smooth, man. Like he, he's so smooth with it. He, he reminds me a lot of like Kevin Porter jr. If he, you know, did, had his head on a little bit more straight. He remind he's got some shades of like, Shy Gilgis Alexander, like mm. he's just he's one of those six five wings measured at six a seven foot two point uh seven two and a half wingspan Woo. at the combine. 
72 and, and a half. 72 and a half measured with some of the best athleticism tests at the combine. And this is a guy who doesn't have to use his athleticism because he hit a late growth spurt. He was 5'10 in high school and he had like the same size shoes that he's got now. Um, and he just learned how to be crafty with the ball, you know, under the rim finishes, you know, all, all the little crafty stuff that guys who don't have the bounce, but now he's got the athleticism. He's got the size. He's got the length. He could shoot it 40% three point shooter. Look, I'm not trying to say that he's a, you know, a, a generational passer, but in this specific draft where there aren't a, a ton of really good passers, he's probably one of the three best passers in the draft. Hmm operates out of the pick and roll like a, a five-year NBA veteran, you know, comes off the screen tight, gets guys on his hip, plays with pace, surveys the floor. I mean, just really, really impressive stuff. Um, and I, I think he's got room to grow a little bit as he plays with, with better players. But NBA game, like as soon as you watch him, you're like, this dude is an NBA player. Put Cade, uh, not Cade, put uh, Chet Holmgren on, on his ass, like, Mm. crossed him up to the point that like he just straight didn't even break his ankles it was like he was on roller skates and he didn't know how to roller skate just fell, just <laughs> fell right on his ass like, so, <laughs> so th- this kid is tough he he's tough man and and he's a little under the radar but uh he's gonna be a really good nba pro Ooh, I love a good sleeper pick. I love a good sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good sleeper pick any weaknesses from on his game um, honestly, he doesn't have a ton of weaknesses right now. You know, junior, um, maybe you could say defensively, he's not as aggressive as you want with that length, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I think if you, uh, I'll, one of the things about college defense is sometimes like we're not privy to the schemes and stuff. And I think like, if you go watch the the film session with, with Schmitz, um, you know, Schmitz, like, will ask him about a, a defensive play here and there. And he's like, He's like, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. But, you know, we were supposed to be shading the guy to this side or and the coach told us to go under on this. And that's why. So, like, mm. he's definitely not like the best defender in the draft. And when you see seven three wingspan, you want this guy to be locked down. But yeah. I think he's versatile enough that he can guard one through four. Um, he's slithery around screens. I like him as a defender, but I do think that, you know, there is room for him to improve on that end. Um and I think that can come with NBA coaching, but right. offensively, it's hard to it's hard to find weaknesses or holes in his games. It might not have like the the same, you know, like Jaden Ivey's athleticism, you know, where it's just like so notable, such like top notch superstar stuff. Maybe he's not the you know projected shooter that Jabari Smith is, but he's just like very good, pretty much everywhere offensively. Okay, so defensively, what you're saying is uh, it's more it's not it's one of those guys where it's more technique not desire type of situation with him yeah yeah and it, i'm not even trying to say he's a bad defender because i okay. don't think he's he's a poor defender it's just like he's not a guy that you would mention as one of the top defenders in this class you know what i mean like so i i don't think it's a weakness i just don't think it's a strength so like if he's gonna get better anywhere like if he turned himself into a legitimate like two-way guy where you mention that defense is one of the first things you're talking about like a, a really, really high level player. But I, I think his offensive game, and especially in the context of playing with the Knicks, because I think that he solves uh, the point guard problem a little bit because he can handle the ball. He could pass the rock. Again, I think he's one of the best passers in this draft. Uh, you should, you know, I, I clipped up, if you just search my name on Twitter and then search Jalen Williams, I clipped up probably 
one of the most impressive passes you'll see from any draft prospect in any year. Mm. Left-handed live dribble through three defenders, wrap around to the all the way back out to the wing, like on the money. Mm. Um, but in the context of the Knicks, like he could play alongside RJ and IQ, uh, sliding right in between them, allowing each one of those guys to split ball handling duties. And it all makes sense when each guy has the ball in their hands. So like he's going to be able to affect the game when he doesn't have it, when RJ's or, or IQ has the ball in their hands. But if he's doing that, he can make plays and, you know, quickly can run off the floppy stuff. And, you know, he, I think that he's a seamless fit and he's a guy who just has a lot of untapped potential. Who's only going to get better when he plays with NBA talent. Got you. So this is more of like a, he's, he's a junior. So he's going to the radar because he's older type of situation. He played at Santa Clara. Right. The COVID year was weird for them. It was like they didn't have their own practice court. Like there, it was one of those situations where it was just like it's hard for that team to really like to analyze that that sophomore season. Got you. Got and then you. this year he just came and he 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 was a beast. He was a beast this year. Uh, all right, cool. I'm definitely going to be looking for those clips later. Anything to add to that, guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, you know, he definitely was under the radar for me because I definitely didn't get to catch any Santa Clara games this season. So, you know, anything I saw of him was through clips. But, you know, from clips, he definitely seems like that guy who can be a two-way player. And, you know, basically what Corey said, like, he looked like a good player to me. So I was like, hey, I don't know where he's going to fall in the draft. But if, you know, if the Knicks do pick him up, it's not, it's, again, it's not a player where I'd be like, why you know the Knicks picked them? Like, mm. you know, I would be I would be on board if the Knicks were to select them. Got you. To me, this last year's draft I said was like a gold rush. You know, you can put your pan in the river and you pull up nuggets no matter where you was drafted. But this year is more like um, it's more like if you went if me and my wife went shopping at Goodwill. You know, you can find some value. You just got to look for it a little harder. Mm. You know, you, got, you, can, you can find some value. You just got to look. And to me, um, Jalen Williams is one of two guys to me that I see in that late first, probably early second that I would think would be really good for the Knicks. The other one being Dalen Terry. I like both of those guys. And the reason and, and Williams did not get on my radar until the combine. When he when he was the way he was playing at the combine, and again, to have the, the gonads to actually go out there and play and then to play well, um, that impressed me. And then I went back and looked at him some more. And yeah, I, I think he's gonna be a solid NBA player. I'm not sure how good he's gonna be, but we'll see. I mean, in terms of star power, but he's definitely got enough tools to become an NBA player. Um, and again, I, he's to me, one of the two real sleepers I see, uh, in, in the bottom of this draft. Got you. Got you. All right. All right. So this may be a trade down candidate. If anything, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You seeing, you feeling that way? So it might be a trade down candidate or a trade up from 42 or. I probably would prefer trading up from 42 rather than rather than on trading down from 11. Yeah, trading up from 42. That's what I'm saying. That, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Him, him and Williams and Terry, to me, are those two types of guys. If you could trade up from 42 and get one of them you're doing, I think we could do a good thing there. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Corey coming with coming with the sleepers. How much time you have, Corey? Are you, are you... I got, yeah, I got what, however long you guys need. Um, so uh, let, let me say, with, with Terry and with Jalen Williams, 
I don't know if they're going to be eligible to be traded up for. Mm. Because, you know, I, I they are kind of late risers in this draft cycle, but not for NBA executives and scouts. Mm. Like, like I texted somebody probably in, in February, and I was like, Dale and Terry coming out? And they were like, eh, uh, right now I, they're telling people he's staying, but I would bet against it. Um, but low key, I think he's the best prospect on Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Jalen Williams talking to somebody. They're like, I've been, I've been pounding the pavement for this kid for three years. Like this is the, the, the guy uh it like that nobody knows about that i've been trying to to tell people about so like behind the scenes you know like they got some some hype building up and like you know even and it, now remember that this was like february maybe early march with the dale and terry stuff when i was talking to somebody jonathan gavoni on their espn draft show was mentioning that dale and terry is a guy who might go in the lottery that teams Ooh. were asking him, like, what do you think the range is? And they're starting to be like, can we trade up? And it's like, or can we trade back? And it's like, well, if you trade back, you might not get him mm. type of thing. And I love Dale and Terry. Like, talk about a guy who embodies the modern NBA. Six, seven, seven, one wingspan. Again, phenomenal passer. Hits guys, like, in stride, cut mm. to the hoop, can play pick and roll, gets out in transition probably if you just did the draft based on personality probably would go number one like there's nobody you would rather see <laughs> like the, just would have the garden rocking like his personality is infectious as a leader dale and terry is one of my guys like okay that he's a dude for sure okay yo there you have it next nation we got some some more guys to study they're excited about um yeah. on this draft um to, uh, talking about dale and terry and and, and those guys i'm, I'm yo thanks Definitely. for the intel I like I like Terry because he's value also. I think Terry's just as good as Dyson Dyson Daniels. And so, but you're gonna get him, even if he is first round, you're gonna get him later than Dyson Daniels. So he's much to me, he's more value. And I agree with everything that um I agree with everything that Corey said about him. I mean, I I was looking at him and I couldn't defensively, he was just standing out so much. I was like, Matherin is the better athlete, but this guy plays deep. They put him on whoever the toughest guy was on the other team. They put mm. Terry. In. And, that, and so I was like, and he'd do a good job, you know. So um, no, I <laughs> I'd if the Knicks could get if the Knicks had to trade back and they could get Terry and some other another guy, I I wouldn't mind about that at all. I mean, it, it could definitely happen. The Knicks are not afraid to trade back. We've seen that happen plenty of times. It's like that's kind of their go-to pet move. So yeah, I would not be surprised the Knicks ended up trading back um, in this draft if they feel like their guy is is not there to be had. Um, like uh, I don't know, Corey. I don't know how do you feel about Dyson Daniel? Because I know you were kind of talking about having Dyson before, and I know us us on a panel we were kind of afraid of Dyson mm. because we had we have like we've had guys here who were afraid to shoot before and who were like six seven and six eight. And when we see this guy here and, and he kind of had that same kind of prototype, we're kind of uh, afraid of that timid uh, offensive characteristic. Uh, I'm going to talk about Frank and Lakita Chow. I'm still far. I still have my Frank Hive, I still have my Frank Hive card, but he shouldn't have gone that high, right? He shouldn't. 
he shouldn't have gone that high. So I mean, how, where do you stand with Dyson Daniels at this point? Love Dyson Daniels. Uh, if the Knicks want him, they're gonna have to trade up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he's a guy that I think the conversation starts getting really real for him at pick five. I, I think that's that's how teams are gonna value him. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, Dyson is not Frank as a shooter. Dyson is like Dyson. Um, I'm way more confident in as a shooter. You know I, what's weird about the G League Ignite guys? Uh, I don't know who's running the stats for the G League Ignite website or, or or whatever, but like their full stats are not up on the internet. Like, um, mm. you need to have like I we you at no ceilings. We use a, a platform called Instat, and we have the full slate of of games for them and the full set of stats. So like his his shooting numbers are a little bit better than what it looks like uh on like tankathon or, oh, yeah? or anything like that interesting so the other thing that you you like about him as a shooter is that he got better as the year went on the last 10 games he was over 40 percent from three his last 10 mm. so it was on like three and a half shots a game so that's not like crazy volume but it would have been in the 90s right so there it, it, it's something uh so the, sh- the the shot like i think when you just analyze it from like a, like ignoring percentages, you just break it down. Like, does this kid look like he could shoot? Like, if you didn't know anything about him, you saw him in an open gym, you would not be like, "Oh, damn, his shot is busted." You'd be like, "Maybe speed that speed that thing up a little bit, right? Like, speed that uh, that up so you can get it off against NBA defenders." And I know that that's something that he's working on in the pre-draft process, but baseline him being the shooter that he is, one of the best perimeter defenders in the class. You know, 6'8", 6'11", wingspan, strong, can guard point guards, can guard fours. Um, So up and down, switchable, smart on that end, makes good rotations. Mm. Go watch his chase down blocks. He had like seven or eight chase down blocks on the year, just like exceptional timing, really sneaky good athlete. Uh, I I saw him live uh, when they came and played the Long Island Nets, and um, he was like – like he's not a guy that is going to blow your mind when you go see him play. It's he's just doing his job. Like he goes out and does his job and he's, you look up at the stat sheet and it's like, all right, he's got 13 points, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals. And you're like, damn, like I didn't know he was filling it up like that, but heady player makes really good reads, uh, patient, best floater in the draft. Um, Mm. And he's one of those guys like everything I mentioned earlier about like versatility in this league. He's, he's that he's one of these connectors. He's, you know, he's similar to Lonzo ball, Derek white, those guys who just go to teams and get the offense jumping, make it smoother. You know, he, he's not going to be, I think your your number one guy, but I think he's going to be able to play point guard, get you in your offense. I think he's a phenomenal fit with the Knicks backcourt playing with RJ and IQ. Cause he's going to allow those guys to handle the rock but he's also going to look for them and get them to their spots. Um, and I just think uh, he's just really good. He's, re- he's, he's very good, but you have to really appreciate like the nuance of right. the game. You know what I mean? To like, and, and that's the type of thing that coaches look for. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like every now and then he'll, he'll put, you know, down like a put back dunk or, or he'll throw it down on somebody, but he's very methodical. So it, it comes off as like, you know, he's very cool, calm, collected. He's not like very demonstrative but it's not for a lack of like effort or he's soft or anything. Like this is a dude who's confident in himself. 
his abilities and he just goes out and does his job. So I, I think he's, he's going to be one of these guys that um, he's going to go earlier than a lot of people expect. One-on-one ability. Cause you know, we in New York, we on the point. People want to oh, be New York point guard. I want you to <laughs> between the legs seven times behind the back spin move. Fillet, fillet, lay like all they want all the, all the sauce, right? <laughs> Can he break people off the dribble? Can he do any of that? He's not he's not Rod Strickland, you know. <laughs> I I don't know if he's Stacy Patton, but like, um, I that's not his that's not the type of player he's gonna be. Okay, you know that like especially on the Knicks, like IQ is gonna do that. You know, right. RJ is going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have every player who's doing that. And and the thing is, he's not a traditional point guard. But I don't think the NBA is a league where traditional point guards are going to be a thing down the line. Like, how many traditional point guards are, are starting right now? Chris Paul? Like, look, yeah. look up and down. Like, is Steph a traditional point guard? Like, nope. not, not really. Like, Marcus Smart's not a traditional point guard. That In Dallas... It, is Jalen Brunson the point guard or is Luca? You know, you need, like you just need playmakers. You need you need playmakers, yeah. and and he could do like he could do that. He's a playmaker. He's 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 a big jumbo playmaker. That's what he is. But he's a wing, and he doesn't have to bring the ball up the court every time. He's a smart cutter. He could, I think, you know, shooting off spot ups is going to be easier than you know coming off screens and making, uh, you know, when teams dare him to to shoot as they go under. I think it's going to be easier to knock down spot ups. So. I kind of like him with the Knicks just because I think it's such a seamless fit with the pieces they have. Okay. And I think he's got a lot of potential because he's super young too. Like he's another one of these guys who's one of the younger players in the draft. He grew two inches, two inches during the season. So you don't even know if he's done growing. Um, okay. Yeah. Like he's, he's good. He's, he's a good, good player. He impressed me when I saw him live. Um, looks big out there. You know, it, yeah, I know it doesn't mean much, but he he didn't look lost in the Rising Stars game playing with with all the NBA guys and and the thing with the G League guys is they they're ahead of the curve a little bit like they know NBA terminology. They're used to shooting from the three-point line. Um they're playing in defensive schemes. So I I think that he's going to be a guy that that comes in and and finds success pretty early. All right, cuz the shooting was you already know what to mean the shooting. The shooting shooting really concerns me compared cuz we got RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. <laughs> Who are already struggling from those those from the deep ball, and if we add one more to that, it's, it's doom and gloom um for us. But uh, bro, how you? I know, bro. I know me, me, you, and I think all of us were like nice and hell. <laughs> well, <now."> yeah, the, <laughs> is, I love the kid, but the boy can't shoot. That's the problem. So, and I'm saying like you know, eventually he might develop a shot. I think there's a possibility there for real. Because I just if you watch him, he's really drifting on his shot a lot, and that's what caught. So somebody's going to hopefully get a hold of him and he'll, you know, work that out. But my thing is I don't hate Dyson Daniels. Like if we got Dyson Daniels, I wouldn't be upset. The problem is that I see too many other guys that we could grab at that spot that I like better. So the fact that like um, the fact that, you know, that Corey says, well, he'd be gone before five. Well, I hope he is because I don't want us to be tempted. To <laughs> <laughs> get his money. You have to worry about talking to him about the Knicks. So I'm saying it's like, but, you know, I, there's guys I like better that I feel are more well-rounded. Uh, and not only that, I'm very zealous. I'm one of those guys. I'm deuce time all day. I'm IQ. Oh, that's I, mean. I don't even want anybody to come in there and think they're going to split point guard minutes with them. So I want them two to be running that thing. And I don't want another point guard in here. So I give me a wing guy that can shoot 
And like, for example, Johnny Davis, who I'm not even sure if his game translates, but I know he plays both sides of the ball. Right. And he he will shoot. So I'm not saying Dyson Daniels is no scrub. He's going to be an NBA player. But I'm just wondering right now, based on what we have, like you said, we, we got Julius Randle and RJ who clogged the paint and are not really, you know, shooters right now. So the last thing we need is another guy who can't shoot. You know that that's that's going to be in the starting lineup. So I don't know. I, I, that's what that's my problem. Got you, got you, got you. <laughs> well, I'll say this because that was I think that was all of our concerns. It was a shooting. Corey did give me some hope about him. You know, with his stats. You know, saying that he did shoot forty percent from three point range the last ten games. I guess in the G League, but at the same time, it's like. It's only on three attempts, so it's like you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you know, I'm just I'm still, I'm still hoping that you know, it, as his attempts increase in the NBA, that it that it can remain at that percentage. That this hope that you know his shooting can't get better. And I yeah. and I already said that you know like because it's funny I forgot who reported on Twitter, but they said that um they asked Tyson Daniels about the Knicks, and he said that. The Knicks are interested in him and the Knicks team as a point guard. I'm looking at right. that and I'm like, I and I'm looking at his game. I'm like, I can already see Thibs getting this guy and throw him on the wing. I can't even see Thibs actually really playing him at point guard like that. So no. co- compared to the guys that we already have. So like Dyson Dan is like, I'm like, I'm, I'm with Ron. It's not a guy I dislike. You know, it's, it's a guy, you know, I think he's a solid player. It's just, you know, Based on the other players out there, I just like other players more than Dyson Daniels. But again, it's a, it's another play where it's like if the Knicks draft them, I'm not going to be banging my head on a wall. I'm going to be like, you know, so it's another solid pick. But yeah, there's other guys I would rather over Dyson Daniels at the moment. Right. Got right. you. Got you. All right. I do. I also want to ask you about a certain power forward. But also, I'm not. Do, is there anybody that you prefer the Knicks to have, Corey, to, to draft at 11 if available? I mean, it's so hard because. Like especially in this draft, like I could go down all the way down my board to Shaden Sharp and say there's a realistic chance that like somebody's going to be there. There's a chance that Johnny Davis is going to be there. There's a chance that Shaden's going to be there. There might be a chance that AJ is going to be there. It's like outside of Paulo, Chet, Jaden Ivey, Jabari Smith, and Keegan Murray. I think there's a chance that everybody else on the board is going to be there. So it's like, yeah, Benedict Matherin, he might be there. Maybe he's maybe he won't. Maybe he'll be taken. I think Catherine could go six, but he could go 14. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. And, <laughs> right. It's hard and, to judge this draft. It really is. It's hard. it's hard. And then you have guys like Dale and Terry who there's buzz that he could surprise people, go in the lottery. Like every year, there's somebody who who pushes people back. So, you know, it, it's like the Knicks need to really be looking at like 12 guys. <laughs> 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 No, he's right. He's right. Gotcha. And they are. I believe they are. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, that's what they get paid the big bucks for, you know, like uh, going down the list, like they need to be doing their homework on AJ, on Shaden Sharp, on Johnny, on Dyson Daniels, on Agbaji, on Duran, on Tari Eason, on Matherin, on Sohan, you know, like probably on Mark Williams, on Branham, yeah. on Usman Jang, like I just that's half the first round. Yeah, that is half the first round. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because Usman just got on my radar too. But um, so <laughs> so I'm just like, man, should we like should we be looking at him? But I mean, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I, ask you about one more. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I do have a question for Corey because it's something that Jake brought up on the last draft show that we had, and I've been looking more into this dude, and now I'm intrigued. 
So say that there's a, there's a situation where the Knicks are unable to sign Mitch. Uh, there, is a, there is a center in the draft from Memphis named Jalen Durant. And now, like, Jake put him on the radar to me because I'm now I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, hold up. I'm like, he, he does seem like somebody where if Mitch goes, he could be a solid replacement for Mitch. Like, what are your thoughts on Jalen Durant from Memphis? It's, I, I love Jalen Durant. I've never wavered on him, you know, because he came into the year uh, as a highly ranked prospect, you know, like like top five type guy um but it's what happens every year people don't like center so these guys are they're gonna get hype early on and then these guys are gonna start dropping towards the back half of the lottery um but i'm a big big Duran guy one and i'm sure you guys talked about it with jake reclassified so he he's supposed to be getting ready for his senior prom and he's, he's supposed to be getting ready for you know the state testing if he was in new york could be there's some regents coming tomorrow right <laughs> right um but yeah. he's getting ready to play in the nba so he's a year ahead of the curve of his development. I saw him uh, at the Barclay Center uh, layup lines. He's doing these windmill dunks that I'm like, how? Like, what is going on? Like this dude is, he's six ten, built like a, a bodybuilder, and he's getting off the floor like a wing, like crazy athleticism. He had a block in that game that I was like, oh my god, like that's some special stuff. But what I really like about him is, and I think people were mistaking it early on for like a lack of motor, but I think it was like he was adjusting to playing in college and Memphis had maybe the worst point guard situation, like in college basketball, it was atrocious. Mm. Uh, they were running Amani Bates out there at, you know, to start the year at point guard. And, you know, he, that dude is trying to get buckets. He ain't trying to make plays for anybody. They were, Penny Hardaway was trying to turn him into Penny Hardaway 2.0 and it did not go well. And that's the point guard that Jalen Durham was playing with. So he's, mm. you know, he kind of like, you know, when he was started playing better teams, he was struggling to like find his spots. Cause he didn't have somebody to, you know, hit him on the roll a- a- as a point guard in his spots. But as the year went on and they moved away from Monty Bates, the point guard situation still wasn't good, but he was doing more of that. You'd see him set a pick and roll. He was getting some easy points at the rim. He was able to show some playmaking out of the short roll. You know, a little bit of that Al Horford, Draymond right. type stuff that you like. That's so important. Uh, and him making those reads at 18 years old and a young 18 at that, he's going to be 18 when he plays his first NBA game. Oh, that's really, yeah, he's he's supposed to be a senior in high school right now. That's you know, crazy. Like, so he's, he's far ahead. Great rim protector. Uh, already with the body of a 25 year old NBA veteran, like there's a lot to like there. And, you know, I think that it's hard to project somebody to, and go be like, he's, he's going to be banned out of bio. Right. But that's the blueprint. Somebody that like, you'd rather him try to like, like there's a path where he can turn into that type of player versus like, you know, a Rudy Gobert who maybe, obviously we've seen like has some struggles at certain points, like overblown for sure. But at certain points in the playoffs right. has a little bit more struggles. Like he's a little bit more of that modern guy that hopefully you can run a little bit of offense as a playmaker, DHOs, stuff like that, while also holding down the defense and, and switching out on the perimeter. So he's really interesting. He's really intriguing. And yeah, I guess it all depends on what the Knicks plan is with, with Mitch and, and whether he's on the board, because he's another guy that like can very easily still go, you know, in the top six or seven guys, because 
his his potential is apparent. I like I don't know if you guys saw the the Portland Trailblazer workout pictures, but I mean, just looking at this dude in a basketball jersey, you're like, you're telling me an owner of an NBA team in the top six or seven picks isn't going to see this dude in person and be like, we're taking that guy. Like, <laughs> he, you know, like, right. Yeah. Okay. All um, right. Corey, Corey, did you, did I hear you correctly? Um, that you saw him in person? Yes. Okay. And you, you're, and, and so your, your assessment is partially at least based on you actually seeing him in person. Well, partially, but to be honest, he wasn't even that good when I saw him in person, which, okay, so he's which gotten better over the course of the season. Yeah. He's improved on and like he, he was very impressive physically in person. Like when no, you see him, he, you know, so, you know, sometimes you, you watch like these college games or whatever, and you're like, oh, that guy's playing a different, a different sport than, than the rest of these guys. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? like, <laughs> I've just, the, the, the tape that I've watched of him, I, I see a, a really stud player in three years. I really, you know, mm-hmm. I see him. So you need that time for him. My problem with him, as far as the Knicks fit, is I'm, I'm very partial to, as a backup center, Jericho Sims, and I don't want to lose him. And as a starter, if, if Mitch Robb does walk, I would rather see them look at either Mo Bamba or Miles Turner and see if we can get one of those two guys in here rather than start over with Jalen. Now, I, I'm not saying, you know, Jalen could very well become an all-star. He's got the physical template <laughs> to be, you know, Superman. But um, I don't know if Nick's timeline, you know, if you could get a Miles Turner now, that accelerates our timeline. If you could get a Mo Bamba, that might accelerate our timeline. And that's the only problem I have, because if you go get Jalen Duran now, you're not you're not looking at Miles Turner and you're not looking at um, at, at Mobamba anymore. So that's my issue. So my issue would be, OK, today, am I going to start my team right now with Miles Turner, Mobamba or Jalen Duran? And I got to say, Duran will be third based on his age, not based on his capabilities, but based on his age. But upside wise, you know, three years from now, we might be all saying, damn, why didn't we take Jalen Duran? You know, because he might be that good. But for right now, with the team that Knicks have, I'm thinking in three years, we'll be pushing trying to get the ECF. That's what I'm hoping for the Knicks. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we can do that with a guy that we can work with now that doesn't have to start over and learn the whole NBA game from, from scratch. I feel like the timelines are longer for the, the, uh, the wings than our centers because of how many wings we have. Mm. I feel like personally, I can be more patient with the wings than the centers. Um, but I mean, I agree with you though. Like he looks, he looks like the passing, the physique. He looks great. If we lose Mitch, um, we do have Jericho. I've always been saying I wanted to stretch five here for so long. I've been waving the Mo Bamba flag f- for <laughs> I know you have forever. I was like Mo Kevin Knox in the second for Mo. <laughs> Kevin Knox in the second for Mo. I was saying that since last season. Kevin Knox in the second for Mo, and then Mo came and he 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 actually. Play started playing better. I was like, damn it, it's not gonna cost for Kevin Knox in a second anymore. But <laughs> but who knows what's gonna happen in free agency? Um, I really have one more person to ask you about, and then I just want to get to the super chat because somebody actually spent uh, money to ask you a question, so I'll definitely want to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to talk to you about Eason because I seen somebody just randomly talk to him, ask about him in in our uh, chat one day after. Uh, after a show, so I was like, "All right, I guess it's, I guess everybody wants to talk about Easton." So let's go. Let's talk about let's talk about Easton. What do you think about Easton? Man, Easton's a tough a tough one to pin down in this draft because as a player and as a prospect, I actually really like him. Uh, I'm I'm a lot higher on him than a lot of 
the other guys that no ceilings are. Uh, he, I mean, it's hard to argue with his production this year. He was just unbelievably productive and he did it off the bench in like 22, 23 minutes a game or something. And you look at his stats and it's like a full on stat line from uh, somebody who played a full like 32 minutes. <laughs> steal and block monster. Like his steal percentage, his block percentage this year, I think. I don't remember the two other names, but it's only been done by two other players. I think Tybal was one of the guys, and then there was one other guy. Like, but his steal percentage and block percentage, that combination is like only been done two other by two other guys. Uh, he's got the same hand size as Kawhi, so he's just got some oven mitts on him. Mm. He he can handle the ball. His shot, like, shot at a decent percentage this year. Got to the line a lot. Hit eighty percent of them. It's a little unorthodox a shot. It's a little like push shotty maybe a little bit of Ben Gordon with worse footwork, but uh, it goes in. And, you know, <laughs> right now he's not necessarily the guy who's going to shoot a ton of them, like Paul George off the bounce, but uh, off the catch, he'll, when he's got space, he, he's comfortable knocking him down, puts a ton of pressure on the rim, both in the half court and in transition. Uh, so just looking at a production standpoint, it's all there for him. Now he doesn't like to finish with his left hand and uh that is something he has to absolutely work on because you you just will not find highlights of him with his using his left hand but what i've heard is behind the scenes and it could be smoke could be whatever i've heard that like his pre-draft process has not gone great behind the scenes Mm. um i've heard that like his floor is philadelphia uh which is they're picking 23rd so this is a guy who it would not shock me based on the fact that he offers a lot of the things you want in a modern NBA wing. Yeah. It would not shock me if he did actually go in the lottery, but based on some of the stuff that I'm hearing, it also wouldn't shock me if he fell into the 20. And so it, it's hard to pin down with him, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm high on him. I like him. I think that he's a guy that if the Knicks took him at 11 for me, that's not a reach. It's not a reach for me, but for other people, it might be he's he's there's a, a split between him and especially where it's like a, a Sohan versus Eason click. He's a little bit older. You know, he's like 21 right now versus uh, Sohan, who's 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? So like he's more productive than Sohan, but he's also got those three extra years of development. Right, right. So. I, I like him personally, but I know there are people who are a little iffier on him. And I think they're justified in feeling that way because they're not without concerns. Yeah, his defense looks tremendous. Like I can see Tibbs drooling over him, just looking at his his tapes defensively and how much he competes and gets the steals and the blocks and the and the length. Like I can see him drooling. And then you look at the other side of the ball. If he's not dunking the ball, you're like, all right, what's happening here? It looks like a baby deer trying to walk with the basketball. <laughs> like I don't know, like what to think of, think of him. <laughs> so but, uh, but still, like even with that, but think of it, like he doesn't always know what he's doing. His decision making could use improvement sometimes, but his numbers are still really impressive. Yeah, for for a guy who may not necessarily know what he's doing. I mean, played 24 minutes a game. He had 17 points, averaging 17 points a game. Shot 52% from the floor, 36% for three. Yeah. 6.6 rebounds a game, almost two steals and a block in 24 minutes. That's yeah, that's big-time production. Off yeah. the bench. Off, off the, the bench. 
off the bench and without any real offensive game except banging it on people's heads. <laughs> Which is yeah. just, I get it. I, man, I this is he's polarizing to me in my head. What do you think about uh, these guys, uh this guy Raw? Oh man, I love Tari. He said, um the hands, the physical tools, but the thing is, he's one of them cats like this. You ever play in the summer in the court, right? And you keep you in one of them games where you got a million dudes waiting for next and you in point, then point up, then point, then point up, right? And so Tari's the guy you want to have that ball when it's point. And you want it, you want it just you want it to end. He's the street baller in in in, in, in the NC2A uniform. I mean, he's a dog, man. I mean, I, I don't know about what's going on. I've heard what 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 uh what Corey was talking about, that there were some issues with his interviews or some issues with his workouts, but He's just a dog. And, and and I'm saying I can understand if he slips because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But if you could get this kid's head on straight, somebody's getting a stud, man, because this kid could play. He's just one of those guys that could play. And I'm not looking at him. When I first looked at him, I liked he's like the sec the first guy I looked at like in December that I really liked from college. I liked him and Matherin. But mm -hmm. when I first looked at him, I was looking at him as a four. But when I looked more at him, yeah. he really can play the three or yeah. the four. He can guard all the front court positions plus the two. So, I mean, like I said, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, if he's got an attitude or whatever his situation is. But as far as talent, this kid's a dog, man. There's some guys that are just – like, for example, um, we talked about Malachi Brand, right? Mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a really good basketball player. But then there are dudes that are dogs, like – you know, he's going to turn out MSG, man. That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I like about Tyrese. He will come in there and do the, um, do the, do the Latrell Sprewell. That's <laughs> 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 what I'm saying. I, you know, if, if he's got the right attitude now, I don't know about that. But if he does, I don't know, man. I think he's a steal. I, I love this kid. I got him ranked right below Sohan for the same reasons Corey was talking about. I got Sohan, then Eason. And, and man. I'm not going to be upset. And if we could trade down and get this kid, suppose we trade down and get Eason and Dalen Terry. I like the jazz. I like the jazz. Everybody's happy at that point. I'm right. happy. I like that jazz. All right, all right. Eason is looking good. Eason is looking good. A lot of a lot of interesting processes here. Anything to add to that, Ryan, before I get into the Super Chat question? Um. Yeah, basically, Corey and Rob pretty much said it all right there. That's the first thing that popped up to me the defense defensively he's a beast and you know those guys like that are always welcoming dips um schemes you know dibs roster defensive guys so Eason you know defensive beast and again another player you know there's a lot of plays in this draft where it's like for me if the Knicks draft them I'm just like it is what it is because there's a lot of solid players on the you know in this draft so you know, but Eason, yeah, definitely defensively, that's where, you know, my money is on him. Like, I, de I definitely like him defensively. That's where it is. And, of course, the production, you can't deny the production, 17 points in 20-something minutes per game. Like, that's crazy, especially at the college level. So, you know, you have to yeah, – you also have to take that into account as well. But, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, where he drops in the draft. You know, because, like, you know, Corey, Corey and Ross said – um. He has a lot of um. This it seems sounds like there's a lot of issues going on with his you know draft you know the draft the drafting process and what's you know the rumors going around. So you know it'll be interesting to see where he drops. But yeah, defensively I like him. 
All right, man. That's Tyra Eason. I wouldn't be mad at him either. I definitely wouldn't be mad at him either. A lot of good, got a lot of good prospects. Got a lot of good prospects. Let's, let's get to Boston's next question. He sends it, send it out to the chat. Says, uh, sup, my guys, miss y'all. Glad to see y'all back. I had a question for my brother Corey. Able to provide us with the intel on Ryan Rollins and Kai Soto. Thanks, guys. And I know Kai Soto is like a, almost like a stretch five type of guy. But I'm not sure about Ryan Rollins. But Corey, let it, what do you think about those guys? So Kai Soto is <laughs> uh, he's not a uh man, I don't even know how to explain it. Like he's he's got the biggest support system on the internet. <laughs> but He's not necessarily an NBA prospect. Oh, I'm glad Ooh. you said it. I'm glad you said it. I heard he wasn't. Even, he's not even going to be drafted, right? It's like nah, he, no. But he's got the like the full. Uh, I believe it's the Philippines behind him. Exactly. So he's, I don't think he's an NBA player. No, and, and I, I think that because he like he will generate traffic, internet traffic to a website to a video to whatever that he's getting a lot of publicity just because, you know, he's got an army behind him of supporters and, and, and that's, you know, that's super dope for him. Like he's, he's got that uh, to drive him in his career, but at where he's at right now, I don't see it. Like he was mm -hmm. a, uh, supposed to be a G league ignite guy last year. Then he went to the NBL this year. Like he's, he's not really a guy that you're going to find on the radar. I think if a team were to, to take him with a pick, it would be, you know, mostly a like a, I don't want to say a publicity stunt, but you know, it, it just it wouldn't be for basketball reasons. Mm. Um, but Ryan Rollins, that's my guy. Let's let's get after it with Ryan Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Ryan Rollins is one of the draft sleepers. Uh, he's a kid from Toledo, so he played for in the MAC, you know, uh, mid major program, but. So he, he wasn't getting a, a lot of hype, but 6'4", 6'10", wingspan. And this is the dude who looks like, he, you know, you talked about the sauce earlier. Yeah. This dude, he got the sauce. Okay. Like he looks like he came straight from, you know, West 4th Street, you know, Ooh. like he's that that's what he plays like, you know. And, and I actually, I interviewed him on my channel um, and, and we were talking about it. And like, you know, he's not one of those guys. Nowadays, you see a lot of these NBA players that have trainers from the time, you know, they're 12 years old. Right. right. And you could tell that these guys are like going through progressions on the court. Like, okay, I come off a screen. I'm supposed to do this. And I'm going to like, everything is very choreographed, but this dude just hoops and it's improvisational. He, he doesn't like, you know, somebody throws something at him. He's got counters for it because mm. he just, he told me like when he was a kid, he played five on five pickup. Like he's got that like Jamal Crawford type natural, game um but it's very it's very mature at the same time you know like he looks like you know i talked about it with him like in the mid post you know he's got a lot of stuff that like devin booker uses like he doesn't even need to dribble that much he'll just like patiently jab step dip his shoulder create a little space quick dribble knock a shot knock down the shot like mm. mid-range savant um frame for frame and, and i clipped it up it's on my twitter it's on my youtube in the interview frame for frame Busted out the Allen Iverson cross on Jordan. Nice. <laughs> frame for frame. The, the, the full thing. Like, that's the type of game he has. He's just nice with it, like, with the rock in his hand. Uh, killer in the mid-range. Can get to the rim. Smooth. Good playmaker. 
almost two steals a game, like plays a passing lanes, needs to improve the three point shot. Like that's find consistency. And, um, I, you know, I think some of it is that he had the, the full attention of every team playing in that, uh, that conference. Like, so a lot of the shots he's taking are those tough off the bounce, late shot clock. Like that's going right. to hamper his, his, um, you know, percentages a little bit, but he also told me like, you know, he's got to be more consistent in his mechanics, hold his follow through, stay balanced, you know, it's like, so he's also aware of kind of like what he has to work at as a developing shooter. Now I've had him as a top 20 guy for a, a while. I don't think that he's going to be drafted in the top 20, but it wouldn't shock me if a team towards the end of the first round, uh, selected him there because I think that he's one of those guys where, and he said he looks up to CJ McCollum and guys like that from mid-major conferences who kind of get underrated and he has a little bit of chip on his shoulder and he Mm. thinks that he can be that next, you know, good guard from a mid-major conference. So uh, he's one of my favorite players in the draft because I just, I'm, you know, drawn to the guys that, that have that almost pickup style of play. And, and he, he has a lot of that to his game. All right. All right. right. And congratulations on actually, you know, getting that, for your channel man i'm telling you man underrated channel yeah, go definitely definitely that. check out both no ceilings and uh and uh the nba draft guy channel because i know you changed the name so i always i always yeah. want to say the old name first in my head. <laughs> nba draft dude nba, NBA draft, draft dude, dude. yeah, yeah he, he, he changed his name i always want i want to say the uh harwood harold was nba draft dude nba draft dude right. yeah people kept confusing my name for harold yeah i remember you told me that when he came on the show he's like i, hey, like, I gotta wait for the right he's like no i'm not harold it's harold the play on the newspaper the never mind i got you i got, I got you. too clever i got too clever with that too clever it's fine no simple simple sometimes better this guy yeah good good job all right all right man i'm done with our questions hold on i see we got another super chat though so shout out to uh fritz who sends a pilot super <laughs> chat that if you don't know who Fritz is, he's one of our engines for the KOT show. Uh mod of the year. All right. He says, Your stance on Zach Levine's payday. Would you send him to NY for what? Are you asking Corey that? Or are you asking <laughs> us that? Cause pay you, the man. Cause you pay already the man. <laughs> pay the uh, Corey says pay the man. And if I was Corey, if I was the Bulls, I was I would say pay the man too. Like, why would you let Zach Levine walk out the building? Like, I I, I would listen. You're you guys already know we following the channel. A few years ago, some people were down on Zach Levine. Well, he's he shoot he shoots too much. He's not a winner. I'm like the dude is under 26 <laughs> and he's getting buckets on high percentages. He's gonna figure it out, guys. Like, <laughs> he's not a perfect NBA player, but he can give you. He's already a shooting high percentage from three and dunks and yeah i was like no i was like i don't understand you guys sometimes but yeah zach's zach's actually the guy i compare ivy to because mm. a lot of Ooh. a lot of people throw out the john morant comp but i see more zach levine because i i don't you know and i actually just did a 45 minute film breakdown of Jaden on my channel i don't see the playmaking stuff from Jaden ivy that like don't get me wrong like he, mm-hmm. he he makes he's a willing passer at times but he i think very similarly to young zach levine he he doesn't yet know when he's supposed to pass first shoot like right. he, he's not a real point guard no no he's not and and early on in zach levine's career tibbs made him a point guard 
You know, he ran him out there early on as a point guard to kind of develop that part of his game, gave him that opportunity. I think it helped him in the long run because now, you know, when he doesn't have to play point guard full time, now he, you know, could kind of make some of those reads that he learned uh, early in his career. And I think that that's ultimately what's going to happen with Jaden. I think a team is going to give him the ball early, uh, let him make his mistakes, let him struggle but ultimately they're going to find somebody who can actually play with the ball in his, in his hands, or he goes to a team that already has that guy. Like if he goes to Sacramento, like, you know, he'll have De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell. If he goes to Indiana, he'll have Halliburton Detroit. You got Cade. So he, he might just go to that situation anyway, but I, I see a lot of similarities with Zach and, and the way they use their athleticism. And, and you know, I, I, I think that that, comp for me i feel more comfortable making that than, than the john moran comp yeah i never bought the john moran comp. i always i'm comparing yeah. him to pre-injury um pre-injury uh victor but the zach levine makes a lot of sense also yeah yeah there's a second part of that question that i know you ignored on purpose and probably i probably would do <laughs> <laughs> Would you send them to NY for what? <laughs> I, would, I would not. I would not. <laughs> you know, for me, like, I, I need, I need the farm. <laughs> like, I need, I want, I want RJ. I want Grimes. Ouch. Ouch. I want, you know, Ouch. like, I want picks. Ouch. Like, yeah. It, it would cost too much. It would cost yeah. a lot. It yeah. would cost. It would, it would, if, I mean, if he wants to do a, uh, if he's if he's a free agent and he wants to walk, you don't have yeah. as much language leverage. Yeah. So it probably wouldn't be RJ, but I can see other pieces going for sure. Yeah, but he he's not going to he's going to take that. But money. I don't expect him to go anywhere. Yeah. You, that's what that's what players do now. They take the money and then if they don't want to be there, you request you request a trade. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't yeah, think he's going much. anywhere. Uh, I, I think before the Demar Derozan uh, signing. I was like, we got well, we got one more year, guys, and then and tomorrow <laughs> Rosen comes and screws up everything. So congratulations, yeah. both of us. The Rosen balled out. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right, man. Yo, great job, Corey. I love having you on. Um, let me just shout out the chat real quick. Shout out to T Williams, Efrain Lopez, Robert Paris, Knicks fans, um, Jay Boogie in the building. Shout out to my guy Jay Boogie, Castle King. Uh, and everybody else is rocking with the KTV show. Shout out to the still Knicks fans who was here earlier who had had uh had me on their show the other day. Shout out to you guys, thanks for the interview. And Bricks Nation, everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. Thank you for the support. Definitely, definitely. Um, gotta follow Corey on all social medias, uh, on YouTube and listen to his No Sellings podcast. They're good, they know what they're talking about, and um, learn a lot. And then, they have interesting debate that's that uh get you, get you to chuckle sometime all right so Corey, let them know where they can find you sir all the places they can find all right uh follow me on twitter at Corey Tulliba. um i mean if you go there you'll you'll find everything you know you'll find the podcast you'll find the youtube channels but uh we just released uh the no ceilings official 2022 nba draft guide 58 scouting reports our top 58 players in the draft uh you can get that at no ceilings nba.bigcartel.com. So it's available there. We just released a full line of merch uh, as nice. well there. So, you know, if you've been rocking with us, uh, you know, you could support, you could support us with, uh, you know, with the draft guide. And I will say we got a, a couple of uh, front offices who may have purchased a draft guide. So if you want to, you know, okay, 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 you know, you okay, wanna, okay. 
Yeah, if you wanna subtle flex, subtle flex. Oh, yeah, if you you know you wanna get uh get right like the NBA front offices, you know, come by and and pick up the draft guy. Um, but uh, other than that, just go to noceilingsnba.com and subscribe because it's free, and uh, we cover the draft all year round, Monday through Friday. You get it delivered directly to your email inbox. Um, and, uh, you know, we've written about every single prospect except for Kai Soto in this draft. So uh, if you're looking for a, a piece on, on, a, on a player, just hit the search bar and you will find at least one article about whatever player you want to read up on. I, I, need to, I need to read up on Sharp because I feel like that's like the mystery player that I really don't know much about that's supposed to be the top. You, Sharp? Yeah. Sure? Well, you, you got to look in high school stuff. <laughs> that's, like, that's the one guy I'm just like, wait, what is he really? I don't, look, you're, you're as confused as, as NBA teams are. <laughs> you got to really, they, they didn't get, they've never seen him in person. The only time they seen him in person was at the combine or at an individual workout. They they were not allowed to see him in high school. You know, he came out of nowhere, COVID. Like, he's a mystery. That, like you say, he's a mystery, but he's a mystery to everybody. And then I heard the combine, his combine was in. So I'm just like, how does is I'm like, okay, well, all right. Good luck to whoever drives him in in the lottery, because that's a mystery and enigma. Enigma. Okay, cool though. Um, yo, Raw, let me know where they can find you, sir. Uh Raw Hebrew Remnant on YouTube, Raw Hebrew Remnant on Twitter, and Raw Hebrew Remnit Repping on Patreon. All right, cool. Let me hit these gunshots because it was mad low for mad long. I had to turn them up for a second. I'm sorry. All right. So shout out to JT Reddit System 499 Super Chat says, Yer salute. Great show, fellas. All right. Shout out to my guy <laughs> JT, always supporting the show. Uh, Ryan G, let them know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. Content coming soon. And you can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G-K-O-T. And I see that we have over 100 people watching in the chat, but only 89 likes. Come on, bring it up to 100, please. Yeah. Thank you very much. Looking light, man. All this info, we got sleepers, we got Corey, we got gunshots, we got super chat. Man, look at these <laughs> likes up. Let's get to 100 at least, all right? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, And um, you already know what it is. You can follow us on all social media. You can follow us on the KFT Show on Twitter, Nick Time Show on Instagram, and also Nick Time Show on Facebook. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you can listen to uh, podcast. Also, you can get that merch, get that KOT snapback if you want. Black and white, blue and orange at the Nick Show.com as well. And yeah, just and that's it, man. Just just come to our social medias and say hi, kick it with us. And um, yeah, and that's it. That is our show. Um, and you know what? Oh, wait, I got everybody. I got everybody. And as always, shout out to World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these next three is our show. We out of here. Peace. Peace. New York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams.